Hello and welcome to uh, this postseason version of Vikings Territory Breakdown with myself, Joe Oberly, Senior Writer at Vikings Territory PurplePTS.com and Mark Craig from the Star Tribune, StarTribune.com. Um, it's there's really not much to talk about seasons. <laughs> no, no, it's, yeah, nothing happened the last couple of days. We should have taken the the week off. Well, well, I you know I don't want to bury the lead and talk about the Bears game. I will mention a couple things later. But uh, Mark, got to hear it from you because you were in the belly of the beast, or you saw it. You were you were there on Sunday after the the whole thing went down. But Mike Zimmer. After eight years is gone, and so is uh, Rick Spielman after 16 years with the organization. What are your thoughts about uh, what we just saw happen? Uh, first of all, you mentioned the Bears. It, it, that made me re- that reminded me of something. Uh, the late Gene Harrington, uh, first interview done after the Love Boat incident, uh, Dante Culpepper comes in, and Gene always kicked off the questions. And Gene said, hey, I, hey Dante, you want to talk about the Bears or the boat? And Dante <laughs> – and Dante said the Bears. So, but uh, we we won't do that in this case. Uh, you know, it, it's. Um, I'm not saying that that uh, like if Zim and Spielman had stayed on, they could have made the playoffs next year. Uh, maybe not made the playoffs next year. But my feeling is, even though I like both guys, uh, you know, I, I wasn't calling for their heads and you know, blood and, and being mad at them and everything. But I do admit that the Wilfs had to make this move. Both of these guys were given more than ample time to uh, to win a Super Bowl or get to a Super Bowl. Uh, Zimmer was a, a ranked seventh on seniority in the NFL among coaches. The six ahead of him all had won a Super Bowl. Um, it was time. And it's uh, you look at the NFL, the way things are going. Uh, now, Sean McVay, 35 years old, is now the eighth. He ranks eighth in uh, seniority among NFL coaches. So then he was hired in 2017. So. Eight years. Uh, unless you're, yeah. eight years. Unless, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was a good run. Uh, Spielman had longer than that. Um, they had their chance. It didn't work out. It's time to move on. That's that's how I think even the people who like those two guys feel. You know, yeah. I mean, eight years in in a NFL coach's lifetime or career is a long time. It's it's certainly enough time to get something to change an organization. And when Zimmer first came in, he took a, a, a really bad defense and turned it around real quickly and had everybody behind him. And I think, uh, you know, they, they, they built and crescendoed and, and then they started going the other way. And I don't know, do you feel like uh, uh, it, it, uh, Mike Zimmer might even feel relieved somewhat. I mean, cause it, it, it's, it was his, his career was marked by some amazing events. You know, you talk about the love boat, but you know, we could go down the list of the things that happened during his tenure. And, uh, you know, at some point, I mean, he's got a contract he's going to get paid two more years for. He's got, uh, his personal life is in pretty good shape by the sounds of it. He's got some grandkids and, and everything else. You know, it almost the guy almost looked like he was dying with this job. You know, physically, and it might even have been a relief to to say, "Okay, thank you." Well, when I talked to him before the season, I hit him with all the uh, "Do you feel like you're coaching for your your job?" questions, um, and he said, "No, I, you know, I'm going to finish out my contract, which has two more years after this year, uh, and I'm going to, you know, then I'm going to decide." Well, kind of figured that he didn't win. He would he would it wouldn't be his decision. Uh, and one thing he did say to me was. 
goes, the only thing I don't want to do is die in this job. And he goes, I don't want to find my, I don't want my kids to walk in and find me dead trying to, to handle this job. And, and uh, that to me is, I'm not saying it would have happened, but his age, the stress, the, the amount of stress that was put on him through the COVID, two COVID seasons, um, these last two years have really worn him down. Um, I think that it's better for him as well as for the Vikings that he moves on, takes a little break. You know, it's not like a guy at Walmart. Like he, he made some reference to the to the lawn guy doesn't get uh, criticized. Or his job doesn't get questioned. Well, the lawn guy, if he loses his job, he doesn't get paid millions of dollars for two more years. So this is a it's a sad time for Zimmer. It's a sad time for his family and everything that he didn't get to do what he wanted to do. But he lives in a world where he gets to go to Kentucky on the the Ponderosa, and uh, and it's it'd be better for his health, better for him. I don't think he comes back as a head coach. I don't think guys are going to get hired at that age as head coaches. I don't know that he gets hired as a defensive coordinator. I think, and he talked about this when we talked before the season was maybe he becomes a, a consultant of some sort. Mm-hmm. He'll stay in football. I think he, he said he's addicted to football. Uh, can't really doesn't see himself like just riding around his 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 ranch in a you know on his. Uh, ATVs and all that. So he'll be involved in football in some way, but he's going to take up, I would imagine a nice deserved break here uh, for his health and just for his well being. So, so what do you think happened a little, you know, uh, to, to him? I mean, we talk about his at the beginning when he first came on, he did take the, like, the 31st worst defense in the league, turned it into top five and then even the top one in, in 2017. And, and then, you know, criticized the whole time be paying more attention in the draft to his defense than his offensive line and and maybe some of the other things and now the offense kind of came around and surpassed him and the defense is going back down when the last two years it finished at the very bottom it's the 31st uh in a number of rankings this year what happened there i mean it, what, what was it covid these last couple of years was it uh injuries or was it uh, was it did they make mistakes on who they drafted? What What do you think contributed to that? Oh, uh, and then now that fall. Well, I mean, uh, COVID or Kirk? I mean, Kirk had a little pretty pretty big chunk of uh, uh, coin went to Kirk. Uh, you know what happened it was uh, he came in. Okay, uh, they they were the thirty second. They were last in in the NFL in, in points allowed. Comes in says, "I'm going to fix it. I'm a fixer. That's what I do." And he did it. Um, but he doesn't have a big. There's not a big quarterback contract sitting there you know he's his defense he built the defense one of the first moves he made was uh, a home run out of the park out of the park set the tone for his defense was Linval Joseph at nose tackle Linval Joseph was a fantastic nose tackle that was durable and couldn't be moved and set the tone for the run defense which made Zimmer's all of his creativity on third down he's Zimmer set a record in 2017 for the best third down percentage 25.2 percent Mm-hmm. Uh, two or three percent. So, you know, they, it all started kind of from there. Well, when the, he did the reboot to, in 2020, it's Michael Pierce. Michael Pierce uh, first takes the opt out. Uh, then, you know, Michael Pierce is not the player that Linval Joseph is. Even in the eight games that he played this year, he's just not that guy. Not saying that's the only decision, but uh, it, to me, it's it's different. You, like when they in 2017, that's when he was number one in points. Yards, third downs allowed. Uh, the offense, 
was coming along with Case Keenum, a journeyman at quarterback. You know, they they win their division. They they go to the NFC Championship game. This is their shot. This is their time for Zimmer to to put his stamp on this team forever by winning that game at Philadelphia, playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, he's playing Nick Foles, you know, who had only played a couple games as a backup to Wentz, um, and they got killed. And that right there, from that moment on, their window just kept closing, closing, closing. Well, Kirk comes on with that big contract. I mean, if you remember at the, at the Combine, shortly before Kirk was signed, Zimmer had said something about how he didn't want to have like a big quarterback contract. He didn't want – he felt that they won as a team. They didn't win because they had one guy. Uh, well, they, you know, they – you know, all three of those quarterbacks, Teddy, Case, and uh, Bradford, gone. Kirk comes in with that, you know, a record deal of a first time in ever multi-year contract is guaranteed, $84 million. Well, you know, we all said at the time, if they don't win, you know, before these uh, these defensive contracts come up, it's Zimmer's going to be in trouble defensively. Well, after the 2019 season, when they go to San Francisco and get destroyed, uh, then all of a sudden – they're doing a total reboot on defense in 2020. They have no off season for Zimmer to to, to get you know, put his hands on these uh, these young corners and teach them how to how to play. And and that first game of 2020 is a disaster. It's that's when Aaron Rodgers comes in. He's just laughing. Now you mix in the fact that they don't. There's no crowd. So there's U.S. Bank Stadiums. No, there's there's no advantage to it there. Then 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 the, all the defensive uh, pass rush gets hurt. Uh, Daniel Hunter doesn't even play a game, so it was, it was all of that. Uh, but the second, well, they should have won in 2007. They should have gone to the Super Bowl. But when they had a chance to get back to the playoffs in 2019, if they, when they didn't do it there, then then Kirk's contract did what we thought it would do. It dragged down the defense, and they just weren't able to recover. Zimmer had that famous quote that it says, "If this doesn't work, it'll it'll cost me my job." That's what he said, you know, four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and there and there there we're seeing it. What do you make of the comments we've been hearing coming out of the locker room the past couple of days? First, well, you know, yesterday I guess uh, Eric Hendricks' comments about uh, made the comments, and I'm taking it out of context a little bit, but essentially he says, uh, "I don't think a fear fear based organization is the way to go." And then you have uh, Brian O'Neill making some comments yesterday saying that he wants to see a little bit more collaboration, a little bit more communication between maybe the head coach and some of his players. We certainly saw that it took until for three or four, till the fourth season together that Zim and Kirk Cousins actually sat down and got to know each other in a film room. But uh, do you think that old school kind of mentality, which is, you know, you talk about Zimmer coming off the Parcells tree Man, he's 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 got his own tree that looks just like Parcells. He's the same kind of guy, that old school gruff, and you know, uh, I think that's what we you know uh, sense from him. Do you think that's uh, contributed to what happened either with this team, and and it will it certainly uh, inform what they're going to do next? Oh, well, it'll definitely inform what they do next. I, not not necessarily those quotes, but. In all my experience of, of covering these, um, you go from a Leslie Frazier who probably never said a curse word in his adult life. Gentle, he played the even though he, even though he played on the the '85 Bears, was a a gentle guy, uh, the kind of guy that that Brian O'Neill is talking about, the kind of guy that Kendricks is talking about. Uh, he didn't win, 
he got fired. In comes the king of the F-bombs and, and you know, hell, brimstone and fire. Uh, Zimmer coming in. And when it was going good, when they were number one in the league, nobody was talking about, you know, well, you know, we need a, we need a guy that talks to us in the in the hallway. We need this and that. Uh, I I do not uh, poo poo or uh, dismiss what Eric Kendricks said because Eric Kendricks to me is uh, he's sort of the modern version of an old school player. I mean, uh, there's not a better defender on that team. Even when Daniil Hunter was at his best, I, you know, him being he would have been two time All Pro if he didn't get hurt last year. Um, so to me, it's uh, that that carries a lot of weight because of he's a guy not only that was here with Zimmer all his career, all of Kendrick's career, but he's going to be a cornerstone going forward. Um, and I think that what he's talking about, and there's also some comments that that kind of gets lost. I mean, I think in 2016, seven or 16, Zimmer made a comment about the players being soft, which is like the you know if there's ever a one word, it's like. Like in church, when you when you pass wind in church, that's the word. In in the NFL, it's like you say a player, someone's soft. It's that's the step back moment. Hey, you cross the line, and I think that bothered players. Um, he I think said that, that as uh, a motivator, didn't he, Mark? I mean, he he thought that was a way to 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 piss him off and make him angry and motivate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I think that that was I, you know off the top of my head. That's one thing I remember as being kind of the you know, his uh, bluntness crossed the line a little bit. Uh, and then just let's face it, the last two years, uh, I mean, we saw it in the media just in our little exposure to him. But he, I doubt that when he left us, he, you know, was like uh, changed much. So I th- these last two years really worn on him. And I think, you know, he was trying, you know, really hard to get this team to turn around the last two years. And I'm sure that there was led to a lot of blunt uh, assessment of guys probably in a team meeting setting. And I don't know. You can't be a Mike Ditka in today's NFL. So uh, there's a, there's plenty of guys that get it done now that are, that do it differently. Um, and that's that, that's where I'm. I, I was saying that I don't know who they're going to hire, but I, I have a feeling he's going to be young. He's going to be an offensive guy, and he's going to be uh, he's going to be friend. He's going to be good with the players, and he's going to be friendly with the media. Hmm. Like uh, I, I've talked to people in Cleveland that say, you know. Huck, Kevin Stefanski went to Cleveland. He go and uh, people I know and trust there that I, I covered Belichick with said, you know, hey, Mark, it's if you look at the transcript, it's Belichick. It's just he's being nice about not saying anything, you know, uh, just a different demeanor, uh, but basically not giving you anything. So uh, I, that's what I think that will happen. It, now, it depends on who the general manager is and who the coach is and, and do they want to take on Kirk? Uh, you know, I, I would imagine Kirk has to you know, redo his contract, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see going forward what they do. Um, you know, it's, you know, you're talking about, you can't be a Ditka in today's NFL. Um, there was a guy who stomped and screamed on the sidelines. We saw it here in Minnesota before that the uh, Bud Grant kind of had this stoic demeanor where he, his players loved him and they pl- played for him and did what he said. But I, I think he was not your buddy, buddy communicator guy, but he, he you know, um, but, and he left the team. And one of his complaints at the time was he, he was frustrated with the athletes, the brand of athletes that were coming up. They were starting to look at things differently. I mean, he had a, the, the uh, thing with Alan page where Alan page started running and was losing weight and it made Zimmer, I mean, Zimmer, uh, Grant mad. So we shipped him off 
for a hundred bucks to Chicago. But uh, it almost seems generational. It's kind of what's going on now. But what does that say about this athlete now that uh, they have to be a little bit coddled more? Do they do they need a uh, do they need participation trophies each week? Uh, I, you know, it, it's, I think it's gotta be someone who can walk the line of that. Cause you still have to be in charge. You can, you can't be everybody's buddy. And I, and I get that. And I certainly saw that in Zimmer, but at the same time, you better get down on their level and see what they're going through. And I think that's kind of what Kendricks was saying. Well, that's for, for, for it to come from Eric Kendricks to me has a lot of power because Kendricks was actually, you know, I think he, you know, like Barr, um, he liked Zimmer and he liked playing for him. But, you know, I think he's trying to describe, uh, uh, you know, it's hard to it's hard to put words in your mouth when you're not there seeing their interaction. But I think that uh, by him saying fear based, um, it's kind of like don't treat us like kids. Don't treat us like children. Um, have a have a little more respect for us if we're going to have respect for you. So. Um, Maybe the yelling and screaming, and there must have maybe that was that increased this year. Um, they they just had had enough of it. And to me, it's like uh, you know, Eric Kendricks is not a guy that's going to need a participation trophy. He's not going to need um, coddling. He is a tough, you know, NFL football player, an elite NFL football player. So when he says something like that, it's not like oh, it's just a you know a spoiled modern player. I think uh, it comes with a lot of weight when he says it. Uh, and it could be, you know, that that's time for a different type of voice. That's why I'm kind of saying it's like, you know, that voice works in 2017 when you're number one. It maybe works in 2019 when you're beating the, the Saints down in uh, New Orleans. But in 2020, 21, whenever it's not working and, and you're doubling down, I'm just guessing, but I'm sure he doubled down on the the way that he would harp on them. And it wasn't producing. And at some point, they're probably like, hey, we need a new voice. This one's not working. This one's keeping going on the same path. It's not getting out of us what we got whenever we had, you know, all the fantastic players that they had on defense in 2017. So that goes into the whole needs to be a new voice, new direction. They had their turn. It's just someone else's turn. Now, before I jump on to Spielman here, uh, what do you think uh, Zimmer's legacy is here in Minnesota? I mean, he's now the third uh, third in line behind Grant and uh, Denny Green and then Zimmer for uh, maybe years and maybe uh, games and what have you, but probably the third most productive coach that they've had. Uh, um, what, what what do you think his legacy is here and what, what how is he going to be remembered as we go forward? Well, I think you know, he's, he's, he's third in games, uh, wins, and, and winning percentage. So I think, you know, I, I was thinking about this. Uh, you know, it's, it's sort of like he, he'd be – to me, he'll be remembered sort of like Denny on – but on the defensive side. You know, Denny had in, two, in 1998 brought all the interest back into this team. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't here at the time, but I've heard stories about how, you know, they, there weren't sellouts in 97. It was People were kind of like disinterested in the Vikings, which is – you know, I can't even fathom right now. So he comes in with the, with that historic offense, highest scoring offense that had ever been up to that point. You know, they they go fifteen and one. They're they're on the doorstep of the Super Bowl. They fall short. You know, Zimmer comes in, takes over the worst defense in the they league. Left. With yes, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, he he 
2017, they're they're on the doorstep. They should have won. They, they had the defense to beat that Philadelphia team. And not only do they do they lose that game, they get blown out, and then Philly has to come here and play a Super Bowl, spend the whole week in, in, in Minneapolis. So Zimmer, you know, good at a moment where greatness was right there, and it eluded him, and he wasn't good enough. So to me, it was, like, very good, just not good enough. It's too bad because uh... – if he'd have won the Super Bowl, then then that book book would sell if you wrote it for him. You know the book he's gonna write. He's got so many interesting stories. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, talk about shelf life in the NFL. The guy who won that Super Bowl is, is, gets fired uh, three years later. So uh, maybe Doug Peterson ends up here in Minnesota, and uh, he's coming. That be uh, ironic. He's coming in this week. I just saw before we got on that he's going to be talking to him before the week is out. Uh, <clears throat> Rick Spielman. 16 years uh he was been general manager i can't remember not as not, not that long but he was part of the triangle of authority and been making decisions here for a long time he seems like a real fixture around here and i think the word coming into uh black monday was that he was going to stay and zimmer was going to go and then uh, the i never started. yeah you never thought so no i never once thought that no because i just didn't but I don't, you know, it didn't make, didn't make any sense to me. What What do you think? What do you think about, uh, um, you know, uh, Spielman? Do you think that uh, he got hurt this year by the fact? I mean, their their draft picks didn't work out this year, and they didn't have George Payton uh, uh, helping him out. You know, he's down in uh, Denver now making picks for them. I, do you think that had any impact, or or uh, what do you what do you think about uh, Rick and his legacy? No, because I, you know, I think Darisaw is going to be a good player. Um, the other guys, you know, Mond in the third round. I don't know that they do anything differently if George Payton's here. Uh, you know, some people have said, "Well, George Payton left too early." And well, <laughs> to me, if you if you if you have a guy that's been working for you since two thousand seven, and his right hand, and you and you feel that he hasn't done the job, and you, and you need a new direction, you need a new voice, a new hand on the wheel, uh, you don't look to his right and do the, the right-hand man that's been there every step of the way, you know, because they've worked, they worked in, in lockstep together for all those years. You're, you're not going to get a whole lot different, I don't think. If you're looking for a change, you don't just go to the guy that's right beside him. Right? So I don't think he would have been the GM here. Uh, I think the way he would have been the GM here is if he would have stayed around, the Vikings would have won a Super Bowl and Rick would have said, you know what, I'm tired of of yeah. these hours i'm tired of that to me like when you talk uh, to these guys uh, sometimes after they they get let go and stuff it's just like i know it's tough on them but man in some ways they're getting their life back <laughs> you know yeah. uh i know i know they want to they want to they don't want to leave on bad terms but you know part of you has to be especially as you get older it's be like you know can't tell me that zimmer I mean, this initial sting but you know this summer when he's sitting in Kentucky on the ranch and doesn't have to come back here. Who knows what kind of COVID protocols uh, and all that he's dealt with. I mean, if you look at like, we were talking about all the things that happened to him. his second game as a, as a football coach, Adrian Peterson gets indicted for child abuse down in, in, in Houston. His second to last game this is sort of like, this is like the bookends of the eras that he de- dealt with his second to last game where he needs you know, in hindsight, he needs to win that Packers game to stay alive for the playoffs, which I think they would have they they would have kept their jobs if they had made the playoffs. Uh, 
Kirk Cousins has COVID, can't play, and they get blown out. So uh, it's that full circle and all that stuff in between that he he had to deal with, too. Um, You wrote a story for today's paper about, you know, enumerating both uh, GM possibilities, uh, candidates, and coaching candidates. Uh, do you got anybody that you like that stick out to you? That I mean, like I said earlier, Peterson's coming in for a for an interview this week, and I and I'd like to see him get a real shot. And I think he's he might be that calming influence that they're looking for at coach. And he's been there, and he's kind of innovative, but he fell out of favor in Philly too. So you know, I don't see anybody that I say this is the knockdown. You know, this is the one that you got to grab for either head coach or GM, but maybe you know more about him than I do. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, you got to look at just, uh, you know, how is it going to work? Uh, now that you got both openings, uh, to me, it's like you, you want to look, you want to kind of pull from, as, as a general, just take general manager first. You want to kind of see what these other teams are, you know, like, like to me right now, the tree that you want to kind of attach yourself to and, and see what, you know, kick it and see if maybe some of that can come here is, Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City uh, with Andy Reid and what they're doing, uh, Brett Veach, and uh, you know just what they put together. Now, granted, they, you don't Patrick Mahomes doesn't come with you, but just how they operate does come with you. So, um, you know, I don't know him uh, personally. I but you see the name come up before. It's this Mike uh, Borgonzi, uh, assistant GM with the Chiefs. You know, I, I see that. Um, yeah, there's some talk about the Colts, uh, the Morocco Brown from the Colts, director of college scouting. He's been there forever. Uh, it's, I don't know if it hurts, but with the, with the Colts kidding, uh, what happened to him with the Jaguars and not making the playoffs, it's kind of it leaves a sour taste whenever you're doing interviews and certainly would have been better for a guy like that. If, you know, if they make the playoffs, uh, you know, head coaches, I mean, I think Eric B is going to be a head coach sometime. I, it's, it's gotta happen. I mean, Doug Peterson, you know, the, the knock on him is, well, he had some some issues legally whenever he was in college and early on uh, in his coaching career. No, 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 uh, Biennemi did. Some, some of the bar fights and the DUI and stuff in college and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if that's been part of the problem that's, that stayed over his head whenever he's – because he's interviewed for the last two years or 12 openings. He interviewed for all of them, didn't get them. You know, I didn't um, – I read your piece, Mark. I, I didn't know that about those that that legal trouble that he was in. I also didn't know that he wasn't calling the plays. And do you, I, I still wonder if that's an issue now. It may, maybe the Vikings need somebody that that just can do the whole big picture and maybe hire a good offensive and defensive coordinator to let them go. I don't know, but uh, you know, Andy Reid is still calling the plays down in KC. Yeah, well, of course, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I did one of the Super Bowls, first or second one, I did a story I t- talking to Childress about how, how does Andy Reid put together a game plan? And Childress was fantastic about how Andy Reid has the has the whiteboard and he has all the, sh- the sheets and all he does. And it's such a collaborative uh, – it's not Andy Reid. Andy Reid's not a dictator. Andy Reid is very much – this is why Andy Reid is Andy Reid. He just takes in all these voices. And he said that the Eric Bannemi is heavily involved in assembling a game plan. And, but mm. – if he's not, he's not calling the plays. Uh, Doug Peterson was Andy Reid's offensive coordinator. Went to Philadelphia, won a Super Bowl. John Harbaugh was uh, didn't call plays. He was a special teams coordinator. Um, they're not. They don't have their face in a, a playbook uh, uh, play sheet. He goes on to Baltimore. He was Andy Reid's uh, special teams coordinator in Philadelphia. He goes on to Baltimore, wins a Super Bowl. 
Matt Nagy, I know Matt Nagy got just got fired, but Matt Nagy came into to Chicago, won coach of the year the first time, really turned the Bears around. So um, I'm not buying the – he doesn't deserve a shot because he didn't call plays because the two guys before him didn't call plays and went and won a Super Bowl in Philadelphia. So, um, you know, and then another another name that uh, seemed, would seem to really fit their wheelhouse now, uh, you talk about a young – Offensive-minded guy whose whose star is about as high as it can be is uh, uh, Kellen Moore in 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 Dallas. I mean, they got the top-ranked scoring offense, top-ranked uh, yards, um, very balanced. They're they're like, they rank high in both run and pass. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna see you're gonna see not only will it be an offensive guy, but I think it's gonna be an offensive guy that embraces a passing offense going forward. Because that's that'll be completely opposite of what we were kind of looking at now, uh, or just happened. So he's a guy, but does he want this job? He, he could have, he might have his pick of the of other jobs. I I don't know. It's how you, how do you value? Um, I don't think it helps Chicago by how Justin Fields. Uh, I think Justin Fields will be a good player, but how as bad as his year was, I just don't know that that where does that put the attractiveness of that uh, job. And how does Kirk Cousins affect this job? I mean, are yeah. you looking at Kirk Cousins as, hey, I got a guy who's got experience, who can, who's got all the, the art, he can make all the throws, he can do, do all this, but he's that guy that's always 500. He got, he got his head coach fired, or he contributed to getting his head coach and his GM fired. Um, do you want to go down that path with him? You know, especially if the financials are going to be so high. So it's a, a lot to be to have happen here over the next uh, few weeks. Mark Wolf said yesterday that they're going to be deliberate and, you know, make the choice right. Do you think, uh, are they under the gun here to get it done more quickly than that and move? Because there, there are a number of openings out there. I mean, Chicago's got it, a GM and a coach they're looking for. There's a number of people, coaches that fired. Somehow Brian Flores got fired down in Miami after the season they put together. Uh, you know, there's there's plenty of openings. Do you, do you think – they have to move quickly, or is or or is uh, uh, is this a little bit more of a marathon than a sprint here to get this done? Well, you know, Brian Flores shouldn't have gone one and seven to start the year, but I agree he he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have been fired. He's developing a young a young quarterback, and he did uh, win those games at the end. He finished above five hundred. He deserved another year. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of like okay, you're making a decision that you hope lasts more than ten years. I don't. I, I I agree with Mark Wilf that you should make it right, not make it fast. And uh, if you lose a guy to Chicago, probably means he didn't want to come here. Um, so these guys that are that are at the top, uh, you know, the candidates, they're, they're interviewing. They're probably interviewing you as much as you're interviewing them. Uh, yeah. If because they know that they like a, a Kellen a Kellen Moore. I keep want to say Kellen Mond. Kellen Moore is a guy that's, if he doesn't get a job now, he's going to get it next year. Or if he doesn't get it next year, he gets it when he's 35. So, um, you know, to me, you got to, it's got to feel right. Like uh, when, when this, when the Rooney's brought uh, Tomlin in in 2000, uh, after the 2006 season, uh, nobody thought that he was going to get that job or that he was going to get a head coaching job that he didn't even think he was going to get a head coaching job that year. Uh, he, he, he told Childress, I just want to come back and make this defense better. Worry about that later. Childress was like, you better go and talk to these people. Because, and he also talked to the uh, to the Dolphins on uh, Huizenga's uh, 
airplane out of the tarmac at, at Minneapolis-St. Paul. So, uh, like with, with Tom, when you just don't think that, uh, you know what I was going to say. Uh, but anyways, to me, get it right. You're doing yeah. 10 years. Uh, a 10-year decision shouldn't be made like in 10 days because you, you're afraid the Bears are going to hire are you happy with the class of both GM and coaching that the Vikings can get it right and they are going to do take a step forward? You think? I mean, I'm not. I'm asking you to look at the crystal ball, but do you think the the class of people out there is pretty decent to choose from in general? Oh, I think yeah. I think there always there's always going to be you know there's rising stars. Um, it's you just hope that they're um, and the Wills are sharp people, but they're you know, they're doing it internal. Uh, so I would, Rob Brzezinski is going to play a big role in this. Andrew Miller, who's a baseball guy. Uh, you're talking about, these aren't like uh, football coaches and GM types that are going to make these decisions. And the Wills certainly aren't uh, football uh, heavy people. They kind of, they're, they're outstanding owners because they, 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 they locate people, they give them time and they give them all the resources they need to do their jobs. But can they, uh, pull the trigger on someone that's going to be good. Can can they look down the down the road on a guy? Is he going to be good? You know, ten years from now, is he is he going to do this? Um, so not having a search firm or kind of asking for any outside help um, makes you worry a little bit. But uh, I think that you know Brzezinski is going to play a big role. So yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll put a pin in it right there for now. For take a break. Uh, the Viking territory breakdown. We're going to come back with a, a lot more talk about where the Vikings are going forward. But uh, let's take a break and we'll be right back. <clears throat> We're back with Vikings territory breakdown and Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Plenty to talk about here. Uh, Mark, uh, uh, yeah, that's how I feel about that, that dog barking about uh, this, this season that we just saw. But uh, just a couple quick notes on that Bear game. It almost seems like ancient history that that thing's been played, and it's only a couple days ago. But uh, another statistical gem from Cousins, and they actually got the win this time, but it wasn't really much to talk about. But uh, it was a strange game. Well, anyway, let me talk about Cousins real quick. You said it earlier, and it is absolutely the number one uh, decision for whoever comes in here and what they're going to do with this this and Kirk said in uh, Kirk said uh, to the media after the game that he's uh, wants to be a Viking forever. Does he know that that might require him to change his contract? For crying <laughs> out loud! I mean, twenty percent of the the salary cap to one guy. You, you, if, if do you do you want to win? Do you, do you want a better offensive line? Well, you might have to give up a little bit. If do you, do you want a better defense? Well, you might have to renegotiate. Do you want to win games? You might have to self-sacrifice. Maybe get a vaccine and maybe change your contract. I'm sorry, I just I I hear that from him, and I just don't believe him right now. Yeah, you might want to be a a, a, a Viking for life, but I think you want it on your terms. I, I want to see a little bit more of selflessness out of this guy maybe maybe he's just happy that well yeah around. i mean i don't i don't know what you're going to get a guy who's asked when he's sitting at a podium with a, all the cameras on him and it's going out to the whole world that uh that he's going to like uh negotiate his contract down and uh and uh and say no if i if i don't get my contract down i'm gonna i want to move on to some other team um uh, there's not a lot of sincerity when a guy is at hey do you want to 
do you want to finish your career as a Viking? Uh, I've never heard a guy when he's the cameras are on and uh, everyone's watching say, no, nah, you know, not, not really. Uh, it's like, it's like uh, uh, Fred Smoot uh, going back to the love boat. So the, the love boat edition here. And someone leaned in and said, uh, cause he and Tice were kind of going you know, back and forth about something. And um, said someone leaned, uh, Sid leaned in and said, Hey, there's a lot of speculation about he and Tice fighting about something. It had nothing to do with the love boat. I don't think, but um, it's smooth because tight or uh, Sid leaned in and said, what are you and Tice, you guys good. And smooth kind of went, we're good. And, it, and then Sid, Sid came walking away going, eh, it's all you, all you a-holes. You know, I, I just asked him if he, you know, he was, he was fine. He and Tice are fine. So, you know, there's not a lot of sincerity in those situations. So I, my feeling is that Kirk, uh, yeah, sure. If someone's paying you this kind of money, I, I would stay here and uh, be totally happy. Uh, I think you're wishful thinking. I think uh, you didn't get the vaccine. Uh, you know, after all that they went through, uh, there was a pretty good reason in his mind uh, why he didn't get one, and he's not going to be getting one now. So, yeah. uh, so what do you do? That, well, I think that. It's, first of all, you can't you can't count forty five million dollars against the cap, and I, I think that he that he fixes that. So uh, if if you're coming in and you, and you want to kind of win pretty quickly, you probably got to keep him because the new guy's going to come in, and uh, I don't think you want to have uh, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen uh, playing with Sean Mannion or Kellen Mond or or whoever else they think they bring it off the street. And I don't believe that this is a, a year where a rookie quarterback is going to come in and be available where they're, where they're picking in the first round. So I think you kind of need Kirk, but you need him at a little more affordable price. And because uh, he'll be working with an offensive guy that there's no way in my mind that he's going to be coming in, working with another defensive guy. So the offensive guy is going to want someone and I don't know how they work out that contest. That's why Brzezinski never loses his job because he figures he can figure this this stuff out. Yeah, uh, but to he, where, we're also in this problem where there's 45 million in the cap next year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, so uh, and also, you know, there's always there's a limit to his magic. I mean, the magic worked up to a certain point, and then you started seeing like, uh, well, we can't afford, you know, Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander that for the first time. Uh, Linval, and so yeah, there's a limit to what you can do. Uh, I also think the bar contract was way too much, and I don't know if that's influenced by Zimmer being, uh, you know, so tied to to bar and and relying on him so much to to run his defense or do things in his defense. But uh, that that was a contract that that was uh, burdensome to say the least. Yeah. Uh, um. So, isn't this the year though that? a new GM and a new uh, coach coming in have a little grace period where they could actually blow it up and they could trade uh, Kirk for uh, draft picks and sign a different uh, free agent quarterback that you can bridge the gap until your next, you know, uh, younger guy comes in and takes over. Isn't this, you know, I, I don't, for one, as a person who watches the game, don't want to want to watch rotten football. I don't want to see, Justin Jefferson wasted and and Cook in his prime and Adam Thielen's only got a few years left and and but this defense needs help and the offensive line still needs some help so isn't this the the time where you can uh, blow it up or just doesn't the NFL allow you to even have that opportunity you got to win now 
Well, no, these guys will definitely get a grace period. I mean, they'll get at least a year. I mean, uh, yeah, nobody in Detroit. I mean, like Cleveland had a stretch there where they were firing guys, you know, GMs and coaches every year. But uh, this was uh, not, uh, uh, you know, like like Dan Campbell wasn't being run out of town in Detroit this year. He wins three games. So, yeah, they get a grace period. But I, I'm just thinking if a guy comes in, he's going to want uh, – and it all depends on what, what kind of trades out there that – yeah, they're definitely whoever gets hired is going to be looking at Kirk Cousins as their guy, but they're also going to be looking at what kind of trades can we make uh, to either get uh, a quarterback back in return and get get some picks or whatever. But yeah, they're they're definitely going to be looking at, at trading him and seeing what they can do at that position uh, or to get someone cheaper or or you know, but th- I mean, Kirk is such a he's such a hard guy to figure out because he, he's a fantastic he's a good quarterback, mm-hmm. but the there's never the enough production there to justify what you're paying him. And uh, he doesn't make the offensive line better, but if you have a good offensive line, he's better. So it's like, I think the new GM has to be capable of two things. One identifying who's his quarterback doing a better job at that. And also a better job at identifying offensive linemen. Uh, that was a struggle and they, and they tried, they made a lot of attempts to, to pick guys uh, and, and hit on a couple and missed on a bunch. And so whether it's like a free agency, like what the Browns did last year, they, they drafted a, a tackle. They went out and free agency, got another tackle and they were, and their offensive line was good immediately. So yeah. you, you need that in your talent evaluators to get, uh, that's, you know, that, that offensive line set. Uh, I just have one more question. I want to ask about the bears game and it came at the end, the whole Justin Jefferson 17 yards to the record uh, kerfuffle. Um, hey, you know, that's great. You know, uh, you, you could make this record. But, you, I, you know, I, I don't – Zimmer could have done it for him. He didn't have to. He made the quote, I don't care about records. I care about uh, uh, wins. And, you know, if you're winning, that's great. <laughs> you know, but you're not winning. So I, I don't care either way. What no, they won that game, though. They yeah. Yeah. Yes. However – um, it's not a record anyway, and and that and that's the broader point here. Everybody got so bent out of shape, and maybe it was just their their the, what their culture was that they wanted to use on Zimmer as he was heading out the door. You know, he was like this and didn't do this for this guy. Well, uh, the nicest guy in the world, Leslie Frazier, didn't do it for Adrian Peterson. Of course, he didn't know. Nobody knew when when he could have won or he could have had the all time rushing record for the season, a national football league record, not just a team record like this. And this was 17 games rather than 16 games. I mean, settle down, everybody. What's what's the big deal there, Mark? And well, but uh, Leslie Frazier, because uh, Adrian broke off that long run, right? And they got down at a field goal range at the end of that game. They needed to make they needed that to make the playoffs. They needed to kick right. that field goal to make the playoffs. Right. Nine I mean, yards. To hand, it, Nine to hand yards. the ball to eight, yeah, to hand the ball to, to Adrian Peterson again when there, I don't know how much time was left. It wasn't there wasn't enough time to to, to like hand him with the ball again and and you know. My goodness, if he'd have fumbled that or not, you know, time would have run out. Uh, yeah, different situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm old enough. And, uh, yeah, to me, the sense in the in, in the press room after that or the uh, interview room after that was like, you know, I can't believe Zimmer and Cousins didn't get him the record. And then I'm thinking like, you know, I, I, I'm, I lean more toward a Zim when it comes to like I'm not a record guy. Uh, but – you know, in that type of game where you know, the Bears have basically quit, um, 
it doesn't maybe it doesn't hurt to get to get your best player, your best uh, offensive player, or your star player at record. Now there was a question about there was Kirk or um, Jefferson was wide open on a, on a play that Kirk threw to KJ. Well, that's the kind of you know thing where people were like, well, I should have thrown it over there. That to me is like that's where we show. That's where we really show in the media that you know we're sitting you know 200 yards 200 feet up in the air and we don't have a 300 pound guy coming at us and getting right. ready to, to break us over his knee uh we don't have we're not in the in the in the, the headset of like where we're you know we're not seeing the field so cousins cousins kind of talked about it. he goes yeah you know, in a nice way he said you know that was part of his progression was you know, he has to like hurry and make his progression, and that's where he threw it. And KJ, instead of it being KJ, a great catch by KJ, it's hey, why didn't you throw it to the wide open guy? So uh, it just didn't unfold for him the way that the play unfolded. He just well, didn't. Tom Brady, see it. So, Tom Brady went yeah. back up and got a million dollars for Gronk. That's right. That's what, yeah. Tom Brady can do that stuff. That's I, I, that's it was a great story. It's just like you know, we're gonna I we're know, gonna do I, what we want to do. So silly. I mean, and, and you know, I, the broader point for me is, I mean, everybody's talking about these records, straight, straight hands on the air, talking about his sack record and TJ Watt tying it and all this and that. And it's like it's in 17 games versus 16 games. I mean, there's got to be asterisks. And I know I'm old enough to have gone well, from 12 to 14 to 16 games. You know, I'm, I'm maybe not 12, 14 to 16 games. So I, I, you know, and now they're all just records, but I, I don't know. Jefferson had the best response. He said, I'll just break it next year. And he will. He'll have 17 games to break it next year if they if Kirk is. Well, yeah. I mean, it, you're going to see him. You're going to see this, the records reestablish themselves. You're, but, you know, and, and I'm sure, in, oh, of course, in 1979, I think people had more. We probably had more important things to worry about. We weren't uh, we were not looking at our phone every five seconds to see what was going on. Uh, but uh, it's 14 games for from, I think, 1960. 1960s when it went from 12 or 61 when it went from 12 to 14 and then uh, went to 16 in 1978. So yeah, I'm sure in 1978 when there was a record that's like, well, you know, it's only, it's in 16 games. So you're going to see 17 and then eventually you will see 18 games. Uh, and as far as the, the, the sack record, that's only a record that's, you know, but we say it all time NFL career record. Well, since 1982, and, that, and for some of us, 1982 is not as not uh, as long ago as uh, it is for a lot of people who are talking about records. Uh, to me, so it's like you know uh, the guy who coined the phrase "sack," uh, 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 the head slap guy. Oh gosh, Ron Blanco's name. I remember who you're talking about. Like yeah, so uh, you know, so he's you know well before uh, uh, 1982. So. There's a lot of guys. You know, the purple people eaters were all before uh, 1982. So, yeah, you know, to me, it's records. Uh, it does seems like you know, uh, football records and numbers don't stand out as much as like baseball probably does. Uh, although the home rec record got kind of all screwed around when you when we were growing up, you, you know what the home run record was when you were growing up. Right? Wasn't Reggie White? Was it? No, no, he wasn't the head that sack guy that. Head slap guy. Anyway, no, no. Uh, Deacon Jones. Deacon Jones. Ah, there you go. Um, uh, senior moments. Yes, <clears throat> and that only seniors will remember because half our audience doesn't know who Deacon Jones is or 
Yeah. Certainly can see him play. A quick rundown of some players and what you think might happen to him real quickly. Anthony Barr, is he gonzo? Yeah, I think he's gone. He's uh, uh, not going to – He's not gonna, they're not going to give him or he's not going to take whatever they yeah. decide to give him. A, but he's, he's a good player, uh, just reached a point where he's uh, not going to get any better. Uh, he's probably going to start going downhill uh, and just not affordable, I think. Harrison Smith, he's getting older, but he still has it. Can the team afford to keep him around? Yeah, I think Harrison's a guy you keep because, uh, you know, like I said, I think, I think it's going to be an offensive guy coming in, defense, probably going to hire a uh, – it's going to be the reverse of what Zimmer did. You're going to probably hire a, an established defensive coordinator or defensive mind. Uh, that defensive mind is going to want to uh, – he's not going to use him probably the same as Zimmer, but he's going to want to tap into all the different things that Zimmer was able to do with Harrison Smith, and Harrison Smith has at least – another year of being able to do that. So I think he stays. Uh, Daniil Hunter, is he going to keep getting injured? Is this the, the, the mode of the future? Or are we going to get a season out of him? Yeah. I, you know, to me, it's two different, it's two different injuries. I know that he's got that huge uh, contract uh, on the fifth day of the new year, the league year, he's it's $18 million. I think for what he is and what he was before he got hurt uh, and what he was, start, what he was starting to be again for the, in these six games this year, um, that he's a guy you pay because of just what you're going to get if he stays healthy. Um, so I, I don't, I look at it maybe there's two different injuries. Uh, the neck was fine when he came back and it became a peck. So uh, he's a guy that I, I would keep around and, and, you know, because if you get a pass rush like that, it makes, it sure does make a lot of things better. Michael Pierce, um, has he got uh, – we haven't gotten much out of him uh, in the two years he's been here. Is he somebody that they can re-sign and would want to stay here? I, 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 would, I would move on from him. I, I Disappointing. Didn't, didn't give them what they wanted. Um, not, that, not, that Zimmer, not that Zimmer – not that Zimmer and Spielman are making this decision because they're gone, but, um, you know, they didn't get out of him what they, what they wanted. I think you could just move on. I, I would take Armand Watts over him. Really, if if if, if it's going to cost you more money, and, and obviously yeah. I'd be mean, look I'd be mean, looking at someone else, you know, bring in. But uh, I don't. I, Michael Pierce between you know not playing for you the first year, which is fine. That that was his choice. Got to make that decision for your, your yourself or your family. Uh, but then to come back and only play eight games and just not be not be available and not be very good when you're on the field or or what you're supposed to be, just. Move on. Um, Adam Thielen, he got hurt at the end of the year, but he had surgery, and he's already talking about how he's going to be back from it real soon. Uh, he's getting up there. Yeah, I, I bring him back because I think he he, he helps make Justin – I mean, he's, he's a good player in his own right, uh, good in the red zone. I think he's still young enough and takes care of himself enough that he, you, know, you bring him back for another year. Because uh, especially if you keep if you keep a Kirk – if you're – so either you keep Kirk or you have an experienced quarterback. You're going to want to have, uh, I think, Jefferson and Thielen back for another year because uh, the offense could be better. You know? Yeah. What about uh, Patrick Peterson? Said he'd lo- he'd love to be back here, but is that did that change with Zimmer leaving? I don't think so. The, I don't know that he gets a whole lot of opportunities. I know he kind of is begging for the Cowboys to sign him. It's like one of his interviews was like, well, you know. Always wanted to play for the Cowboys. He goes, well, I, I still got some time. Like I still got some tread on the tires, and I, I like him. I, he played better than I thought he would. Um, 
you know, I don't think he gets a whole lot of opportunities. I wouldn't go into any bidding wars to keep him at his age. But if if he's available and he, at the right price, yeah, I, I, I'd bring him back because, as we found out, you can never have enough of those guys. What happened in the Bears game when he made the pick six and they, nobody even tried to tackle him? Are they, they playing for the better draft pick? What the hell? What, what was that? Nobody wants to be carted off on the last game of the year, Joe. You're, you're, basically, your car is parked heading toward the airport to warmer climate. Uh, you don't want to be in the training room with your ACL shredded. Um, I don't know. I, I thought it was a heck of a run. I, I probably was looking more at him than the, than the defenders. Uh, I thought he took off like he was Diggs, Trevon Diggs. I mean, he that was some uh, not only the ball skills, but the you know the way he found his way to the end zone. I thought was impressive. But, but um, and, I, and, I, and I could not I could not watch this one back. I had a hard enough time watching it the first time. So. It was wise not to. Um, okay, we'll take one more quick break and 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 do our inside the NFL section where we talk about the playoffs. The Vikings aren't in, and what's going to happen, and what Mark thinks is coming on. Come on back to the Vikings territory breakdown. <clears throat> All right, we're back with Vikings territory breakdown. Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, our inside, our NFL insider, uh, playoff pitcher. Uh, I, I I had to watch. I I went to bed. When it, the when the Chargers and the Raiders, when the Chargers went up by 15 points, you know, with about five six minutes, I said this one's over. You know, they're not gonna they're not gonna do. It. And then I I get up the next day and everybody said, Oh my God, the end of that game. Did did you watch the game at all? Was uh, I you know I, I did. I checked out too, but I you know certainly went back and looked at it and uh, and uh, you know read about it. Yeah, it sure looks like. The Raiders were willing to do that tie, and then Staley calls a timeout, and it they sort of changed. Yeah, um, I don't know if you know you can't read another coach's mind, but I'm thinking that maybe he should have been aware that the Raiders were probably you know willing to take this as a tie. Um, yeah, I mean that's like it would have been the, the absolute perfect fitting for the NFL this season. How yes. close all the games have been, almost like it's you know it's like a movie where it's like you don't believe it. Now, oh, last game's a tie. Uh, and we were people were talking about that. First of all, for the for the Colts to lose to the Jaguars, I mean that was embarrassing. Yes. Uh, so that that that's that's the first scenario that needed to happen. Then it was the Steelers, you know, the beaten up, you know, left for dead Steelers get into the playoffs by by you know get that spot. And then these two teams could have tied to knock it knock them out, um, and it almost happened. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, the NFL has been a it's been a last second league uh, season all year long, and it went right down to the very end. It, it, you know, I read a story on ESPN.com yesterday that kind of walked through all the permeations of of whether or not that timeout changed it. And essentially, in the Chargers Raiders game, and essentially, he said it didn't. And I think he's right by what he laid out, but. You know it affected some things in some ways. I mean, you know, you know, it, it didn't look like they wanted to uh, settle for the tie and you know go home. But you know that he did say the Raiders had something to play for. If they win, they they face a different team rather than uh, a, a tougher team that they would have had if they finished. Yeah, I, so, yeah, I, I would agree with that because, and also, you know, this Raiders coach. Uh, I mean, we've all said there's an opening in Oak or uh, in Vegas for a coach. I mean, this guy, right? You know, uh, he he's, he should get serious consideration to, to to keep the job. I would think. 
And then we got uh, Daniel Carlson knocking through the 47-yarder, uh, another stake in, in Zimmer's coffin. So, um, you know. At, and, and, what, and what do you think of what, what would Al Davis have done from, from beyond if the Raiders would have taken that down and took a knee and took a tie? I mean, that's <laughs> the, the, the just win baby would have just maybe that there would have been like the stadium might have cracked in half and tipped over. That's a great point. Um, Mark, who's going to knock off the Packers for us? That's all I care about the entire postseason going forward. Who is going to? Yeah, okay. I, I looked at this. Uh, I picked them to win it all. So I, I it's I you, you doubted it. So uh, first I mean, of all, I think I the Eagles, the Eagles, yeah. Yeah, the Eagles will beat beat the Bucks, uh, or the Bucks will beat the Eagles. So Eagles are out. Um, you know, I, I think San Francisco could beat the Cowboys, but I'm going with the Cowboys to win. I think the Cardinals could uh, do upset the Rams. So that would put Arizona at Green Bay uh, in the second week. Uh, can't see that happen. Can't see Arizona beating them. You know, the, the Packers went to Arizona and beat them. Uh, I don't think Arizona's going to win at Lambeau. Uh, so then you got Dallas or Tampa Bay. And to me, Tampa Bay obviously can do it. They proved it. Um, they'll have to do it now with fans in the stands if they come to, to Green Bay. And they, uh, and they got Tom Brady. They got Tom Brady. I, I mean, I, I would love to see a rematch. That would be fantastic just to see it again, you know. Um, got to get and, back. Uh, or Leonard, or, yeah, they're running back back. Right, yeah. Uh, and the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys are the team that, you know, everybody says, oh, the team you don't want to play. Um, hot out flowers. Yeah. I I just like I, I like their pass rush. I like their 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 the fact that they have all those takeaways. Uh I, I always I think the offense is kicking I mean, the 50 points in the last two of the last three weeks. Yeah, the, the offense has kind of been went through a dry spell and kind of a slump, but uh, they also came into Minnesota and beat <laughs> Zimmer's defense with Cooper Rush. So I the Cowboys are a team. There, there's two of them, Cowboys and, and Bucks. I'd say the Bucks had a better chance just because of who they are and who they have. And then the Cowboys, because I think that uh, if that defense got rolling, they could actually you know, put Rodgers in some – he wouldn't be that guy you're complaining about just standing there with, the, with his smug look and just surveying the field. He could be kind of running for his life. You see your MVP. You got an MVP book, right? Yeah. Um what did you think about that uh, thoughts on that, that, that one writer who called uh, say he's not going to vote for uh, Aaron Rodgers for MVP because he's the biggest jerk in the league. Uh, what did you think about that statement? Well, yeah, it's I me. Mean, I, Hub, I don't know how old Hub is, but Hub's, Hub's reached, reached the age. Uh, I'm, I'm probably at that age too, but I think he's, he's been, Hub's been around forever. Uh, I don't know how old he is, but um, just said how he, how he felt. And, uh, the backlash uh, that when you say stuff like that, when you have a pick like that, uh, it's going to be what it was for him and, and for the guy for even uh, uh, for Rogers to to join in was uh, was something. But no, I you know I'll disagree with him. I, I don't base it on you, you know if a guy's if a guy's a jerk or if you think. I mean, first of all, you don't even know him. You know, he may, he seems like a jerk to some people. Um, clearly, is a is a confident to arrogant person seems to be but that but is it when you're when you're that good and that great um uh, i i just i don't like i voted for uh to you know for the hall of fame i mean it took him three years to get in obviously he he, he had a hissy fit about it didn't go to the certain the ceremonies 
but each year, whenever um, you know, you cut from 15 to 10 to five, and then you vote up or down on the five. Well, the first two years that you didn't get in, whatever, I don't know if it was 10 or the cut from 15 to 10 or 10 to five. Uh, I, I, I had them on my list uh, as a cut down and it might not have been a kind of a bigger jerk uh, perceived jerk than, than T.O. So I just, I, I wouldn't factor that in. Uh, just wouldn't do it. And uh, you know, we're not supposed to say who we vote for, but uh, yeah, I, I've said before, Rogers is, Rogers is my, is my MVP. There's a lot of other guys that are certainly could be deserving. Uh, it's, it's hard when it's always a quarterback, you know, uh, but I think that, you know, the, the, the best record, you know, um, just what he does for him and just, yeah, he's a, to me, he's the he's the, he's the MVP. You know, there's plenty of reasons. I mean, you, you should, like you were just saying, you got to vote for it. What's on the, what they do on the field. There's plenty of reasons that you can name as reasons to not vote for them, like cheating or, or what have you, but being a, a smug, self-satisfied uh, turkey lips is not one of them, I don't think. So I, I did like something he said, though. I, he had this comment, the grass is, you know, talking about if he's going to go somewhere. He said, the grass is greener on the other side if you water it. And I have never heard that before. I don't know if he's he's somebody, but I, I kind of like that. I mean, it is. I mean, yeah, you can, it always look greener, but if you want it to be green when you get there, you better you better do something about it. So uh, just I thought it was a nice comment. Well, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, let's, Kirk Cousins probably worked. There's probably no one that works harder to, to try and be a nice guy than Kirk Cousins. Uh, the way that Kirk kind of conducts himself, I mean, he's, it's an A for effort. I mean, the, the vaccine problem, uh, that was a no-win situation because he was dug in on his beliefs and uh, so much of the population was against him. So uh, no matter how he tried to, to act, and but he always tried to be a, a pleaser, you know, always trying to make everyone happy and kind of not be the – jerk or whatever, or arrogant jerk. But I think people would, would take Aaron Rodgers over uh, in his moxie, I guess, the, over Kirk. Yeah. I Just before we go here, I want to ask you real quickly, you know, uh, you did a story on Zimmer's eight years and what happened to all these other coaches during his tenure, which was a nice kind of setup for what, what happened on Monday. And uh, we, we saw Vic Fangio is already gone and he got less time and, uh, Nagy's gone and all these coaches are gone. And what, maybe we touched on this earlier, but what do you think about the fact that, you know, coaches don't even get a chance? Are, are they really that bad? I mean, uh, Fondue had waited this all his whole career to get this opportunity and, and, you know, boom, they come in with a new, a new GM and he's gone. You know, I, I don't know. It just, it just, well, seems- I, that one surprises me. The fact that it wasn't done last year. I don't think that anyone thought that Vic Fangio was going to, you know, without a quarterback, um, was, was going to have a good, a, a, this great season and lead him to the playoffs and be what George Payton wanted. I, I'm surprised George didn't make the cut last year, frankly, because mm-hmm. that's when I would have thought it would have happened. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're talking about, uh, like I said earlier, um, Sean McVay gets hired in 2017 at 30 years old, 30, 30, 30 or 31. Um, and now he's eighth in seniority. Um, and the reason he's not seventh is because Sean McDermott is seventh and they were hired a couple of days apart or something. So uh, two guys that are hired in 2017 are seventh and eighth. 
And like I said, the guys above them are guys that are the, you know, they're, they're the cream of the crop. Those are the guys that have won the Super Bowls. Uh, you know, Belichick and Sean Payton and Harbaugh and Tomlin and Reed. Um, I think I'm missing one, but you know, those are the guys that have won those Super Bowls. Um, it, it, this kind of leading up to a, a note you sent me right before we came on about Leslie Frazier. Um, uh, how in God's name is he mentioned again? And there's good reason for it, but do you think it's worthwhile? And, and it, it, I'm, I don't think anybody's seriously talking about him coming back here because the wheels already no. fired once, but, uh, uh, what the, the whole churning of, of quarterbacks. I mean, Anjo should probably deserves another shot because his situation wasn't there. I mean, what are your? Th- I mean, maybe you can tell our viewers what what your note was about about Frazier. Oh no, I just said I it was, it was ironic that on the you know the day that Zimmer you know gets fired or his last game, uh, Buffalo has a defensive coordinator. Now people will say you know Sean McDermott's a defensive minded head coach. Well, Leslie still is, is heavily involved in the defense, calls the plays on game day. There was a stretch earlier when they were together that where he, he, uh, McDermott took the play calls, but. And Leslie's been calling the plays, and they number one in points allowed, number one in yards allowed, fewest yards allowed, fewest points, and fewest third downs allowed. Now, talk about a full circle. Um, when Leslie got fired, they were last in all those things. Zimmer comes in as the fixer, uh, and he did fix it. But at the end, and he leaves, his defense was the first uh, first in Vikings history to give up 400 points back to back years. And it and that happened before the seventeenth game. It's and they had a lot four hundred nine uh, through sixteen games. So you're talking about uh, one of the, the the worst two year stretch of points allowed, and uh, and it's not just because it's sixteen seventeen games. I mean, the, when they when they first came in, their their first two or three years or whatever, they they allowed over four hundred points in fourteen game seasons. So. You know, if you're bad, you can be bad in 14, 16, 17 games. And uh, I just thought that, you know, Leslie, he got interviewed for the Houston job last year. Probably would have been a better hire than what they yeah. who they hired. Um, he'll get some interest, I'm sure, somewhere. But, you know, it wouldn't be here. I mean, how do you, I don't know how you, you no. can't. You could sell it to people like us in the media because, you know, there was not a better human being than, than Leslie right. Frazier. And it, it's terrible to see. You know, when a when a nice guy does finish last and has to be fired, it's it's hard. But um, he, you know, I, people talk about him going to the Bears. I don't think he moves the needle in Chicago, and he played on the '85 Bears team. So, uh, but that would be a te- team maybe he goes to. Uh, but you know, well, I, I think at his age, he, I think he's going to be a defensive coordinator probably the rest of his career. Well, that's what I was going to say. Doesn't it? Doesn't the fact that he built helped build that defense back up in Buffalo? after, you know, striking out here, say people like him and people like Zimmer are better defensive coordinators and that's because they're excellent at that job. Wouldn't you think to just install them there and and maybe head head coach is just not the the gig for him because there were – Well, yeah. I don't know. Go ahead. I mean, a lot of of things happen, you know, like, okay, when when Leslie was – when they were like number one in run defense, you know, all those – Consecutive years when Leslie was defensive coordinator and I took over for for Childress, uh, 
they were younger and, and they, you know, people said, well, it's a, it's a kind of a simple Tampa two scheme, not a lot of creative blitzing and all that stuff. Well, they had fantastic players that just dominated their positions. They had Jared Allen, Kevin Williams, Pat Williams, um, you know, guys that were, you know, kicking butt at their positions and they didn't need to do a lot of fancy things. Well, at the end, when they kind of went South on them, those guys had gotten older and weren't the same players. And so, a lot of it is, do you, you know, whenever you're you're trying to win and, and your corner, your cornerbacks at the end of the year are, you know, Benny Sapp, who you signed off the street, Marcus Shirelles, that was a punt returner that, you know, gave a yeoman's effort uh, at corner, but he had to play those last, you know, down the stretch. And so a lot of it becomes you know, personnel, which is, I think, why you see whenever it reaches a certain point, not only does the coach go, but the, the GM has to go as well. Well, we're going to see a lot of different things happening in the next few weeks uh, with the Vikings and certainly the NFL. And uh, um, Mark and I are going to be back here to talk about it next week and throughout the rest of the season for sure. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's already crazy. And, Mark, you're going to be out there covering stuff all week for for what's happening at uh, not Winter Park but TCO. Um, it's uh, it's there's probably just as much interest now in the Vikings as like you had said earlier, if, uh, if they would went to the playoffs this year. Yeah. I think it might, might be more considering that, uh, you know, the, the next, you know, if they make the right decisions, the next 10, 15, 20 years could be a certain uh, 10, 15 for the GM, maybe 10 for the coach. I don't know. If you get the, if you get the right guy, you know, it could be a long-term deal. So, you know, future of the franchises in these next two, three, four weeks. We'll be back here for sure to rip it or praise it, whatever, whatever the case may be. So, well, that's it for this week for Vikings territory breakdown. Uh, stop back next week. We'll have another one. Uh, watch the playoffs. Should be fun. That if this year more than other, the games are going to be great to watch because the season has been in so many close games, but thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Mike Walden behind the scenes. Thanks to Mark. And uh, thanks to Joe Johnson for all you folks out there. Skull.